0: This is Sunday morning worship service, July the 17th, 2022, with our senior pastor, Reverend Farrell Hardison, bringing the message today, Vision. We'll start off with the Pine Level Pentecost Mornings Church Praise Team and the Pine Level Choir.
1: village called him a carpenter's son but mary called him a baby boy every evening when the day was done the blind man called him son of david please have mercy on me he made the lame to walk and the dumb to talk and he made that blind man say times and the bad times in between i called him to heal my body and i called him to ease my mind and i called him in that midnight hour and he showed up right on time I I love him. day was done the blind man called him son of david please have mercy on me he made the lame to walk and the dumb to talk and he made that blind man see. to ease my mind and I call him in that midnight hour
2: Best people to have, Brother Thomas, I tell you. Today, uh, you know, I'm not giving up. Are you? You know, we always can keep on keeping on. Amen. Brother Bill come up to me a while ago, and uh, he brought me uh, brought a song, and uh, I'm not gonna sing it. Not I don't sing that quick. (laughs) But um, he's uh, it's it's talking about a miracle, and it's by Greg Coleman. he used to be with Jimmy Swagger. And Brother Bill would like to, to have that song played this morning. If anybody has, needs a miracle this morning, it's this whole country. Amen? Yes. We need a miracle. Yes. I know you have sickness. I know you, Brother Bill's fixing to go through surgery. Brother Norman's been uh, going through cancer. And, uh, you know, there's different people that's got different things. But everybody needs a miracle. Amen. But as far as the whole country, this this country needs a miracle. Brother Joey, play that song and let's, let's listen to it.
3: simple gentle rain to bring water to your thirsty soul in a dry and thirsty land did you ever need to see a smile When your day had started wrong, did you ever need a miracle? Don't give up, it won't be long. Did you ever? When your heart was feeling pain.
4: this morning we'll continue worshiping uh, with our morning tithes and offerings. I think about when I think about miracles, we all uh, you know uh, could use special miracles in our life, but also I think about every day is a miracle. You know, us being here this morning is a blessing from God, and I thank God for that, and uh, God loves us very dearly. I got a little thank you card here from Sister Frances Strickland to the Pine Level Church. Thank you all for uh, all uh, the get well cards, the visits, the flowers, the gift baskets, and mostly the prayers during my sickness. I love you all. Thank you. God bless Frances Strickland. So thank you for your prayers and, and blessings Sister Strickland. This morning, Lord, we come to the throne. often you, Lord, our tithes and offerings, Lord, our gifts unto you, Lord. Lord, we ask that you bless each dollar dear father each penny each thing that's given Lord to build your kingdom Lord to reach those that are in need those that are lost Lord we give them to you in thy name we pray Amen
5: Aren't you? Thank you, Brother Thomas, for leading us in that worship song this morning. We're so glad all of you are here today, and uh, we appreciate all of those who got here earlier than the rest of us and got ready for our service today. I don't want to ever forget those folks. We appreciate all that they do to prepare and have us ready to worship the Lord every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Sunday night. And so tonight at 6 o'clock, I'll be preaching and we'll continue our series on worship. So we we'll hope you'll be here tonight. And, um, and then, of course, Wednesday night, uh, Brother Mac teaches uh, uh, expository, verse-by-verse teaching on the book of John. And uh, appreciate very much the quality of his teaching and his uh, ability to communicate it. So don't miss on Wednesday night. Uh, you'll be missing a real treat. Turning your Bibles to the book of Nehemiah. And while you're turning there, let me talk to our new attenders. I don't know if you have gone by the information desk out in the uh, foyer or not. I don't know what the church calls it. That's what I'm going to call it. Is that all right if I call it that? Uh, Matter of fact, let me just put out a a challenge, something for you to pray about. Um, We are going to be... um, really examining the ministries of our church. I'm gonna talk about it a little bit in my sermon this morning. And uh, we're gonna be talking about um, starting maybe some ministries that we don't have. Uh, some people are uh, being stirred in their heart. Now, you all know, um, you, you can't have a menu in a church that's too big, too big a menu. Have you ever gone to a restaurant and on page one is Italian, and on page two is country cooking, and on page three is seafood, and on page four is, and they just got everything. You know what I found out about those restaurants? They're not really good at any of it. They got enough to get by, but if you want to have some good Mexican food, go to a Mexican restaurant. Can I get a witness? Hallelujah. If you want some good seafood, go to a, a place that specializes in seafood. If you try to have too much on a ministry menu in a local church, it actually does not make that church stronger, it makes that church weaker because you're spreading out too much over the same group of people. So you end up not doing anything with excellence, you just do a whole bunch of things pretty good. Am I making any sense up here today? And so one of the things that I'm going to work toward, and I'm going to ask you to help me, is let's let's find out what we're really, really good at here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Holiness Church, and, and let's focus on those things we're really, really good at. And before we add a new ministry, let's make sure... We've prayed and really sought God and got direction from the Lord instead of going, oh, yeah, you know, they got that ministry down the road, so we better have that ministry here. No, not necessarily. Uh, we want to be, I'd rather us be really, really good at a few things than just so-so at a bunch of things. I'm doing some good preaching up here. I don't know if y'all hearing it out there or not. But that's one of my, um, that's one of the mindsets The ways of thinking that I want to get into you here at the church Um, Every church I pastored in my early years especially um, We just really looked at adding new ministries all the time And I I found out over the years that it really again uh, Does not add to the effectiveness of ministry in that church So keep that in mind One of the things I do want us to have though A ministry I do want us to have and, And if you'll let me name this ministry I would appreciate it uh, we want to have a ministry called Guest Services, Guest Services Ministry. And I, and I understand that at one time you all had some of the things that I want to uh, reinstate and get those things going again. We want to have somebody at our information desk early on Sunday morning. And uh, uh, when I say early, I mean at least 10, 10, 10, 10 15 before everybody gets here. Uh, so they can answer questions and help people with the things that are there at the desk to sign people up for things. All kind of announcements are there. One of the things that's going to be there, and already is there actually, is our visitors and newcomers card. Now, I've, I've gone to somebody this morning, and I've asked them to volunteer for that role today, just today. And I knew I'd get a yes, I might get a a kind of a, uh, has anybody ever given you the uh, skunk eye? You ever had the skunk eye from anybody? I thought I might get the skunk eye when I asked this person because it's Miss Millie. (laughs) But she's graciously and wonderfully said, yes, I'll do that. And uh, then she told me several things I was gonna have to do for her anyway. So this card's up there, and Miss Millie's going to go back there. If you, if you have come to this church since I've been here, since I've been here, if you've started coming since I've been here, I want a card with your information on it. Now, what we want to do is we want to offer this every Sunday to those who visit our church. Now, here's something I know, and I know that you know, and that is that... Not everybody who visits with us is looking for a church. They're just visiting. They're just here for this Sunday. Maybe they're here from out of town or, or uh, whatever the reason is. And uh, they're not looking for a church. Well, we want their information too, but we especially want the information of those who are looking for a church because I want to make myself available to them to answer any questions they may have about the church. Another thing that I want to talk about just a little bit this morning before I start preaching. I haven't started preaching yet now, so don't hold any of this against me. Um, I want to just put it out there that uh, Eddie has come to the Lord and can we give God a praise for what's going on in Eddie's life? And, and I want to baptize Eddie because I want to hold him under till he says tithe. Then I'm going to pull him up. So we, we're going to have a water baptism service. Now, we don't have that on the schedule yet. But that's something we'll work out because I want to baptize Eddie. So let me just put it out there. If you have received Christ as your personal Savior, if you're saved, you've been born again. Because water baptism doesn't save you. Amen? Amen? Water baptism is an outward message of what's happened inwardly. And so, and so we, we want to do baptism. And uh, if you have been saved, then you need to be baptized. And, and we, I tease about holding folks under the water and all that. We'll make it very, very comfortable for you. Some people ask me from time to time, what about children? What about children? Here, here's how I feel about that. You do not want to baptize a child unless they fully understand what's happened to them if they've been saved, if they've been born again. Now, here's why you want to make sure they understand it. Because if they don't understand what water baptism is, they may think as they grow older that that's when they got saved, when they were baptized. And it would cause confusion, and that child could go through their life, adult life, thinking that because they got baptized, that's how they got saved. No, no. Water baptism comes after a person is saved. And so if you've been saved and, and maybe you've been putting it off and, and maybe you really do have a genuine fear of the water, then we have ways we can work around that. I've baptized people forward because they, they just felt more comfortable with that. And uh, normally you baptize backward, but some people feel more secure. I know I'm talking about stuff, really, I don't know that it's for a Sunday morning, but any information that gives us more knowledge is good information, isn't it? So, so we need to have a water baptism, and uh, what we'll do, Miss Millie doesn't know this, but she will have a sheet of paper this morning. <laughs> if you'd like to be water baptized, you need your phone number, your name and your phone number, if you'd like to know more about it. Now, now here's the way I do water baptisms. We'll have a meeting with everybody that wants to be baptized, and, you, and to come to that meeting, you're not obligating yourself to be baptized. You're just saying, I want more information. I want to know more about it. And so you would come to that meeting. Uh, another thing that we need to do is probably open the doors of the church for new members. Now, The way we will do that is I'll have a a meeting or a series of meetings with people who want to join the church, and in those meetings, I'll tell you who we are, what we're about. I'll let you ask any questions you want to ask, and I'll try to answer those. Now, if you came from a Baptist church, that's wonderful. We love Baptists, amen, we are Pentecostal free will. Baptist, so we, we love Baptist folks, and I got many, many wonderful Baptist friends, and I've got many, many wonderful Baptist preachers that I like, and, and all of that, and, and have good fellowship with them, but we're a Pentecostal free will Baptist church, and you need to know what that means, and uh, you might have a Catholic background, and you want to make sure we're going to do things like they did in the Catholic church, well, probably uh, that's not going to happen in the same way you're used to. So what we will do is just let you know who we are, and then you can make an informed decision after you've prayed and asked the Lord to help you and guide you to know what to do. Now let me tell you something. If you decide not to become a member of this church, we will still take your tithe. <laughs> do not be hindered in that one bit. We will receive your offering. Let me tell you something. We have, we have positions that you can hold in this church and not be a church member. If you want to hand out bulletins, if you want to work in the parking lot, if, if you want to do outreach with us and, and all of that, uh, we have positions of leadership that you, can, that you can have here. Now, teaching positions and deacon board positions, Things that are of that nature would require church membership, and you can understand that. Uh, So I wanted to let you know just a little bit about church membership. Um, The other thing we're going to be doing here before too long is having a communion service. And what I'd like to do is have communion every every month. I really like to do that, And, and I want it to be special. I don't want it to be something we just go through and kind of check off our list. So we'll be uh, telling you about that. We'll be um, getting some volunteers to help us out with that. And uh, just wanted to speak those things to you. But if you, are, if you have started coming to the church since I've been here, especially if you are pretty sure this is going to be your church, I need that information on that card. So give that to Miss Millie as you're leaving today, and, and uh, I'll appreciate that. I text. I'm a texter, so if you text, we definitely want your cell number, and and uh, can text some things to you. We'll definitely use email, and if you'd prefer a personal call, you can certainly get that. I will have my people call your people. How about that? That worked. Those were just a few things I wanted to talk about. Uh, So so as you're going out today, make sure you make sure uh, Miss Millie gets you one of these, and I. I noticed, um, just to let our folks here know, I noticed um, there's probably a half dozen of those cards out there. If there are any more, we maybe need to get those as soon as the service is over and, and uh, get those out there as well. All righty. Is that okay to do something like that once in a while on a Sunday morning so everybody kind of knows what we're doing? Let me, let me just, um, I, I am going to preach, I promise. One, th- one thing that's really important to me as your pastor is that you are informed about what's going on, that you know what's going on. Uh, what I have discovered in my years in the ministry is that informed people are cooperative people. But when folks don't know what in the world's going on, they might give you a little bit of opposition just because they. I can't make a decision about that. I, I haven't been told enough about it. I don't, I don't really understand what it is. And I don't want you to ever be in that position. I, I want you to always know um, what's going on there. There will be issues and there will be things that come along that we have to deal with as a deacon board uh, and staff that, that we don't want that public. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, our our um, role, our responsibility as the leaders of your church, are not to wound people or hurt people, but to but to help people, and to assist people, and to be a blessing uh, to people. And so there will be uh, things that we have to deal with that will be of more of a private nature, but most a vast majority of the things that we talk about here and deal with here uh, will be public. Uh, one of the things you probably already learned about me is Farrell don't have any secrets. My my life's an open book. Um, I, I hear people say, you know, that's a very, very private person. And I always admired that, that they were a very, very private person. I'm not. I'm not a private person. If my head's hurting, I'm going to tell you my head's hurting. <laughs> if, my, if my toe hurts, I'm going to tell you my toe hurts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I'm having a uh, issue uh, in my family. Uh, I may not go into great detail, but I'll probably mention it and bring it up. I, listen, I go through the same things y'all go through. I go through the exact same tr- I've got the same I have the same temptations you have. I have the same battles you have, I have the same struggles you have. and I know that you've not seen it yet but I'm not a perfect man. I'm not a perfect man. And I will admit that to you many, many times, as long as I'm your pastor, because uh, uh, I want you to know that I'm I'm a real person, and and um, I need the Lord just like you need the Lord. I need you to pray for me just like you need me to pray for you. We need each other. So in, in the book of Nehemiah, let me just go ahead and delve off into the Bible here. In the book of Nehemiah, we have a man who is not a prophet. Nehemiah is not a prophet. He's not a preacher. Nehemiah, if you were to give him a label, he is a layman. He is a layman in this church. Now, now, how many people do we have here who have some kind of ministerial credentials? Raise your hand. You have Ministerial credentials, good, good, good. Well, that was about four or five people so that tells me that all of you who raised your hand, y'all need to know we're vastly outnumbered. <laughs> There's a lot more laymen in this church than there are people who have ministerial credentials. So when we talk about Nehemiah being a layman in the church in the, in the, in the New Testament sense of the word and in the modern uh, context of the word, uh, uh, layman was just a... a, a I want to use this here, and I, w- I don't want you to be offended by what, but he was a regular person. He was a regular Christian. He was just, he was actually the cupbearer of the king, at King Artaxerxes, the Persian king. Now let me back up and give you a little bit of, uh, little bit of background. Y'all do know one Sunday I'm going to fall down these steps, right? So just go ahead and get ready for it. And uh, then if uh, several of you would run, help me get up. That would be great. Thank y'all for that. But, um, um, you know, Israel all through the Bible had its enemies. And one of the greatest enemies Israel had were the Babylonians. Y'all remember Nebuchadnezzar? Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, stand up and spell that, Mac, Nebuchadnezzar. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it does have some Z's in it, yes. So Nebuchadnezzar was the king of Babylon. Y'all remember the story of the three Hebrew boys? You know, and he cast them into the fire and he said, I thought there were three, but I see four and he looks like Jesus. I mean, God, God put Jesus in that fire with the three Hebrew boys and uh, made Nehemiah to be able to know who that was. So that's one of those great stories in the Bible. I love to preach on it and I will preach on it and I, I, I love to talk about it. But Nebuchadnezzar was an evil, evil, demon-possessed man. He was... He was um, When we think of wicked in our day and and we hear news um, about wickedness that goes on in some of these countries and the way they treat their people and all that, Nebuchadnezzar was one of them. And uh, because of the disobedience of the Jews, because of the disobedience and the rebellion of the Jews, God allowed them to be overtaken by this ungodly king. Now, boy, right there is something we need to take note of right there. When you resist God and you rebel against God and you disobey God knowingly, you make yourself vulnerable to evil having power over you. So I'm about to give you some real strong, deep advice. Don't miss this. Don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. Give in to God's will. Give in to God's word. Surrender. I surrender all, all to Jesus, I surrender. And when you surrender to him, you have his covering, you have his protection. Now, I don't mean you won't ever go through a storm or you won't ever have difficulty or you won't ever be sick or you won't ever face troubles of life. You're going to face those as long as you live in this world, but you will be facing them with a... Connection and alliance with the Lord. The Lord will be there for you. So the Lord, uh, because of their sin and disobedience, he, he withdrew his hand and they became vulnerable to the acts of the enemy. So one thing to really, really remember here is that when we rebel against the Lord, he pulls his hand back. Well, the enemy's right there waiting for his hand to be pulled back so they can take advantage of us. So know that, know that, and stay close to the Lord. What's my What's my saying? I've said a few times since I've been here. Get right with the Lord and stay right with the Lord. We all we all drift from time to time. We all go to the left and to the right, and and all of that. But when you do recognize it and get right back on track, get right back in that sweet spot where God wants you to be in your relationship with Him. So finally. Um, we know the story Uh, i won't get into it but anyway nebuchadnezzar because of his rebellion against god and because of the repentance of the children of israel god allowed them to be set free and and the persians came in and kind of adopted the jews brought them in and the persians were kind of the jews they were they were uh, um, they were not they were not jews in that sense but they They did not come against the Jews the way Nebuchadnezzar did. And so here we find Nehemiah, who is a Jew, who is serving the king. And that king's name is Artaxerxes. And he's serving him. Now, he was the cupbearer of the king. And here's what the cupbearer of the king did. He tasted everything the king drank. He tasted it before the king got it. Every bit of food the king ate, he tasted that food before the king got it. Why? Yes, to see if there's any poison in it. To see if anybody's trying to kill him. You know, if Nebuchadnezzar had fallen over dead, Artaxerxes would have said, I don't think I'll have that today. You know. Turn that down today. But he was the cupbearer of the king. Now, Nehemiah got very close to the king so that the king knew when something wasn't right with Nehemiah. He knew when something wasn't right. So Nehemiah, Hanani is another character in this story. In the very beginning of the book of Nehemiah, Hanani, representing the Jews in Jerusalem, comes to meet with Nehemiah, and Nehemiah comes to them and says, and they greet one another, and he says, how are things in Israel? How are things in Jerusalem? And I think, I don't think it's there in Scripture, uh, but I think Hannah and I probably began to weep. And maybe the other people who were with him began to weep as they talked about the utter destruction of Jerusalem and the utter destruction especially of the walls of Jerusalem. And they poured their heart out. They poured their heart out because they knew Nehemiah was close to the king. He saw the king every day. And so they share that with him, and it has such an impact on Nehemiah. So it, is so, it is so devastating to him that he just prays. matter of fact, let me, let me just give you a little outline of the book of Nehemiah uh, that I've got here somewhere. Um, so Nehemiah, in uh, chapter one, verses one through four, That's where Hanani comes and reports to Nehemiah about the trouble, about the devastation of the walls of Jerusalem. Then in chapter 1, verses 5 through 11, we're not going to read it. We're not going to preach on all this. And I know y'all are relieved. You don't have to say it. I know you are. But in chapter 1, verses 5 through 11, the rest of that chapter, Nehemiah prays, cries out to God. I mean, he's devastated. And his first thought is to cry out to God. That ought to be your first thought when you face devastation, when you're devastated. And there, there are people sitting here, and you've been devastated. You've got news on the phone that devastated you. You've got news from doctors that devastated you. You've got news as it relates to your finances that was devastating news. So we all face that, and I want you to know that Nehemiah's very first reaction is to fall on his face before God and cry out. And you'll find that prayer, and I would urge you in your private study, I would urge you to study Nehemiah's prayer. Study that first chapter. Study how in those first four verses how the Anna and I came and gave him the report and then study what Nehemiah says to God. Now I want, you to, I want to tell you that if I did a series on the book of Nehemiah, I could take six months to do that series and there'd be something fresh every Sunday for you. But I'm not doing a series. I want to use Nehemiah as a visionary. He was a visionary and we just want to talk about that. Now in chapter two, verses one through eight, Artaxerxes, who's the king of Persia, I already told you that, he he watches Nehemiah come in with his food and drink, and he sees that Nehemiah is cast down in his countenance. Now that's a King James Version way of saying he was very sad. He was very, what's the word I've been using over and over? Devastated. He's very devastated, and he was showing it on his face. Now, i got to tell you that I have tremendous admiration for people who can be devastated on the inside and not show it on their face. Don't you? Because i got to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. This is another little secret about me. When I'm devastated, you're probably going to be able to tell it. You're probably going to be, something ain't right with the preacher today. And... uh I remember, um, if you'll let me just give this illustration, when Mitch was having his worst time with drugs, he would always do his worst misbehaving on Saturday night. Now I don't know about y'all, I don't know what y'all know about preachers, but you know we only work one day a week. One day we work Sunday. And I told Mitch if he was gonna throw them things again, could he do it on a Friday? Give me Saturday to recover. Never did. He did his worst stuff on, a, on Saturday and I've been uh, <laughs> I've been walking through crack houses at four o'clock in the morning on Sunday morning then come home, get a shower put on my clothes and go preach yeah <laughs> I do not want those days again but God will help you he'll help you he'll help you go ahead and live live your life but when Nehemiah walked in, King Artaxerxes said something ain't right with Nehemiah. Now you ain't gonna find something ain't right in your Bible, (laughs) but y'all know what I mean. (laughs) I'm speaking, that's the Johnston County version. Something ain't right. And he saw him and something wasn't right, and he asked him, he asked him, he said, Nehemiah, you know, what's going on? I'm doing this in my own words. "What's, What's wrong with you? What's happening? And Nehemiah says, king, and he tells him everything Hanani told him about the walls of Jerusalem. You know what that king did? He gave Nehemiah a commission. He gave him signed papers. He said, you go back and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. He said, and you take these papers with you and on your way back, you stop by where that other king's got this big forest full of trees and you tell him you need a bunch of those trees to make lumber out of and you show him this letter and he'll give them to you. He said, whatever you need, I'll give it to you. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that awesome? So I know Nehemiah must have come in, cast down, but I'll bet you he went out praising the Lord. Amen. Now I want you to look at what happened I want you to look at what Nehemiah said and let's begin, let's see, uh, let's begin, um, let's begin at verse, let's begin at verse 11, now there's some more information there about him, uh, about him getting the things that he needs and gathering all the supplies he needs. But look at verse 11. He says in verse 11, so I arrived in Jerusalem. I came to Jerusalem and, and uh, was there three days. I want you to look at this now. I want you to see the heaviness on this man's heart and soul. I want you to see the heavinessness on him. He says, now now I know, I know, I'm not comparing myself to Nehemiah, don't don't worry. But I know what it is to go to sleep and wake up in the middle of the night with your church on your heart. I know what that is as a pastor. You know what that is too, don't you, brother? And y'all know what it is. To go to sleep, but then wake up in the middle of the night And your church is on your heart. And old Nehemiah woke up in the middle of the night and he thought about, in spite of all the blessing of Artaxerxes and how he got all the supply, he knows that the task before him is humongous. And so Nehemiah says, In verse 12, and I rose in the night. I'm gonna follow up here, guys, on this screen. And I rose in the night, I and some few men with me. I want you to notice that. That's what deacons are. And not just deacons, that's what mature believers in a local church, they're that few men. Every pastor, and ladies, it includes you too, every pastor needs mature people in his local church that he knows he can go to in that dark night of the soul. The Bible says he rose in the night and some few men with him, and guess what? They couldn't sleep either because they had the heart of their leader. They had the heart of their leader Neither told I any man the vision God had put in my heart. In other words, he says, Neither told I any man what God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. In other words, God had given him a vision. Now let's talk about the word vision for just a minute. When I say that I, I want a vision for this church, it doesn't mean in the middle of the night God's going to give me a vision or a dream. That's, that's, that's different. That's different. That's a, a vision in that sense is, is God, God gives you a dream or you see something in a vision and it gives you clarity about something. And I will tell you what I believe about that. I think that's a very rare thing that would happen. I know there are people I run into who say God told me and God showed me. And they say it for every little thing in their life. And I want to tell you, God don't work that way most of the time. Most of the time, God tells you, go to your Bible, get on your knees in prayer, and I will guide you through my word. Amen? So those of you who are not having visions and dreaming dreams and the devil's come to you and said, you're not spiritual, I'm going to tell you, very few people have those experiences. Those experiences are not necessarily for everybody. But the vision I'm talking about isn't that kind of vision. The vision I'm talking about is where God puts it in my heart as a leader, this is what I want for Pine Level Church. This is what I want that church to become. This is what I want that church to be. This is the culture that I want in that church. And I've talked to you all some about the culture I want here. And I've got to tell you, we don't have far to go on that. we just got to learn a few things about how to organize it. But the culture is one of warmth and acceptance and love. And forgiveness, that's the culture. Um, Have you ever heard somebody say, I tell you, whoever God sends, we'll love on them. You know, God's listening when you say that. So God will send you some freaky looking people. And they might be one of his angels. Because the Bible says we entertain angels unaware. Unaware. So if we say, I tell you, our church is so loving, we just love everybody, he might send somebody here who stinks, who hadn't had a bath in a long time, who wear their hair in a way you would never wear your hair. They might come in here not dressed like you think people ought to be dressed. God will send people to see if you will love them. Do y'all remember what I preached last Sunday? He tests us. He tries us. Heard about a preacher, and I'm not gonna do this, but he preached on that at his church about them being loving and accepting of anybody. And then he dressed up like a homeless man and came to his church the next Sunday and they didn't recognize him and they treated him Terrible. So the next Sunday, he walked in dressed just like the homeless man and walked right up in the pulpit and introduced who he really was. He said, open your Bibles. I bet he had a sermon that day, don't you? (laughs) Now, I'm never going to do that to you, and that is an extreme illustration, but we, we want a certain culture in this church. We want people to feel a certain thing when they walk on this property. We want people to know when they walk through these doors, they've been accepted. Now, they might believe a bunch of things I don't believe, but I accept them. They might look a way that's hard for me to deal with, but I accept them. They they might smell a way I don't want them to smell, but I accept them. We love them. I don't know we'll ever face anything like that. The thing I want you to do, here's what the football coach told me, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this, and then I'm probably gonna shut it down, just have a few closing remarks. Now, when I say that, it don't mean anything, but it gives y'all hope. <laughs> My football coach used to say, Hardison, this is your position right here. Now. Everybody's got their position, sin, and this is yours. Now, if that guy comes around there with that ball, you drop him like a bad habit. I mean, you, that's your job. You get that guy. But always, listen to this phrase, have your head on swivel. In other words, this was my role, this was my ministry, this was what God wanted me to do, but I'm supposed to always be looking around to see if somebody needs help here or over there or over there. So Pharaoh, if the guy don't come running around on your side with the ball and he goes around on the other side of the ball, you have my permission to leave your position and run over there and help them get him on that side. Are y'all with me? So I need y'all on Sunday, Wednesday night, anytime we have church Sunday night, to have your head on swivel now here, here's what's so easy to do is to get with people we love and get with people we're comfortable with and form little groups. It's fine, it's fine. But keep your head on swivel. Don't don't be in the middle of the long. four. we got a you know we we got a foyer out there that's big but it's long and narrow. So if you're not careful, you you can easily get in the way of visitors who might be coming in. And you know, me and Mac and and Larry and uh, 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 Bill, we we might be standing there talking about something in a circle. We do not want a visitor to walk up and go, "Um, can I get past you guys so I can get into church? Well, I reckon so. (laughs) Go ahead, come on. All right. Hey, Sunday morning, can I preach? It's not about, you all catching up with your family. Now you go love on them and hug them, but while you're hugging them, come here, Mac, stand up. While I'm hugging Mac, I'm looking. Hey, Mac, I love you. There's a visitor. Get out of the way, Mac. Amen? Amen. On Sunday morning, because I'm telling y'all, we're about to have a flood of visitors in this church. And if we don't know how to treat them, they won't stay. Who said that? Yes, yes, they won't stay. They will come because you got good music. They will come because the preaching's okay. They'll come because you got a youth, a youth ministry or children. But they will not stay unless they make connections in the church and have friendships in the church. So we can have our little groups we like and love to be with. That's fine. But don't ever lock arms in that group. Always leave that group open. You might have somebody come in your group that really enhances your group, makes your group better. But if, you all, but if you've got those arms locked in, then, then they're going to just bounce off. And a lot of times what happens when visitors come to a church is they walk in and they try to get in that group and they can't. And they try to get in that little click and they can't. And they try to get in that little group and they can't. And they try to get in that little click and finally they just bounce right on out the back door. And one day we're saying, you know, whatever happened to old Earl and I'm trying to think of a one. <laughs> Emmy Lou, yeah. <laughs> whatever what happened to Earl and Emmy Lou? You bounced them out. We're not gonna do that, are we? We're not gonna do it. And and the, here's how you have to do that now. You you have to do it when you when you get to church. It's like you turn off your other mindset and you turn on the mindset of somebody might be here lost today. Do you know there might be somebody that comes on a Sunday and they're saying in their mind, you know what? Before I do what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna go to that Pine Level Pentecostal Holiness Church. I'm gonna give God one more chance. What if somebody said I'm coming to Pine Level Pentecostal the church to give God one more chance. And then what if they came and, and they were shunned or not even shunned, what if they were ignored? And they said, well, I gave God one more chance. I didn't feel anything. There was no connection. We've got to come to church open. Open, open to new people. Open to, to their visits. If we don't, we're going to make developing our church into the church God wants it to be, we're going to make it an uphill struggle. We're going to make it an uphill problem. How many of you know that the best people this church has ever had in it might be coming? They might not even be here yet. And, and there's been some pretty good people through this church, haven't they, through the years and, and are here now. But, but what if God says, man, I tell you, I like what Pine Level Pentecostal church is doing. I like where they're going, I like what their mindset is. I'm gonna start sending them some people who can bless them and strengthen them and encourage them and and help them with their leadership, help them with their music. I'm gonna send somebody, y'all say amen to this one. I'm gonna send somebody that's got a lot of money so they can give a bunch of money and they can build that, that fellowship hall or that big educational building or whatever. I'm telling you, that's how it works. That's how it works. Vision is not Pharaoh coming here and going, all right, my vision for Pine Level Church is I'm going to build a great old big building while I'm here. No. Listen to me, listen. Do ministry. Do ministry. If you will do ministry, a building is a byproduct of ministry. A building is not a goal. A building is not a vision. A building is a tool, like a copier. Or, or like a, a, a van, a church van. You know, I, I pray to God that I don't I don't leave this church and look back on the time I was here and say, well, we bought a big old van while I was there, <laughs> you know. That those are things that happen because you're doing ministry. Do ministry and those other things will take care of themselves. Am I making any sense? So Nehemiah. Is, is giving them, go to the, verse uh, uh, 13. Did I finish verse 12? No. Uh, back it up, back it up. I'm sorry. That, that's verse 11, verse 12. And I rose in the night, and I and some few men with me, neither had I told them about my vision, and neither was I, uh, neither, uh, was I on the beast and, and saved the beast. Okay, go to, uh, go to 13 or 12b, and I went out by night by the valley gate. So, so it's dark, and he wants to go look at the devastation. He wants to go look at it, and he's got some special people with him. He's got a special group with him that has the same vision he does. And I went out by night by the valley gate, then, even toward the jackal's well into the dung gate, and viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were what? broken down and the gates. gates thereof were consumed with fire. So I'm going to just stop right there. So Nehemiah is looking at what needs to be done in Jerusalem and God's given him a vision and he is sharing that vision. He's going to share that vision. Now the, minute, now the minute he shares that vision and the people say let's build and we'll read that next week let's build, the devil moves in like a flood to stop them. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. Now when, when a pastor, what time is it? 10 to 12. All right. I'm going to try to get you out of here so you can beat the Baptist to the restaurant. So when I cast vision, when I do what I did the other Sunday, and I, and I scare the daylights out of Marcy, by trying to get her to quit her job and hire her here. (laughs) I was like, I should have just walked in and went, look, I'm gonna use the illustration with you today and don't freak out. (laughs) And she didn't, she didn't freak out. But, But when I cast vision, I'm not talking about something we're gonna do right now. I'm not talking about a decision we're gonna make this week or next week or even this year. I'm talking about a picture God's put in my mind of where he wants this church to go. Do y'all know that to get where he wants us to go, we've got to see what it is. We've got to see that picture in our mind. We've got to see that vision. And I, I can't even share the whole vision with you because I don't even have it all yet, but I'm going to be sharing pieces of the vision with you. And, and one of the words I want to plant in your mind is Excellence. Everybody say it. Excellence. Now, excellence isn't perfection. When we say that we're going to do everything we do with excellence, we're not saying we're going to do everything we do with perfection because you're not going to do that. I can't do it. You can't do it. Only one could do it, and they crucified him. Amen? And so, so... but what we want to do is look at the church, look at the ministries that we have, that we want to keep, and say, how can we do something in that ministry that will raise the level of excellence? Am I making any sense? How many of y'all think the excellence level got raised when Brother Thomas came? Amen. Amen. Thomas, I'm tired of hearing about how wonderful you are. I just want to tell you right now, I'm just tired of it. So I'm going to be writing some things about me I want David to say. (laughs) No, man, we love you to death, brother. uh, But I want us to, I'm I'm going to tell you, when I saw VBS, I knew, y'all knew what excellence was. Now what we've got to do is we've got to take VBS and go, how can I do that to the women's ministry? Not a week of VBS for the women's ministry. I'm just talking about, and the women, I've I've not been to a women's ministry meeting. I won't admit that right now. So I don't even know where they're at. But I want us to look at every ministry and ask, how can we go from where we are to another level of excellence? How can we do it in our team ministry? How can we do it in our usher ministry? How can we do it in our guest services ministry, which ushers would come under that ministry? How can we raise the level of our men's ministry? What can we do to make that more excellent? So think about that word in the days to come, excellence. Doing what we do without. Excellence. I'm going to tell you, when y'all built this building, you did it with excellence. I've seen other things y'all have done around here. You understand what excellence is. You've done it with excellence. Now I want us to stop looking so much at things and look at ministry. Ministry. I want you to go home today. I want you to think, what can we do in this that would be... Um, um, I'm drawing a total blank on a name right now. Yeah, I can't I can think of it. Somebody came up to me after church a few Sundays ago after I talked about children and offered a idea to me. Tell me your name, sweetheart. Terry. Terry, God bless you. You married him? I'm praying for you. All right. Listen. She came up to me and said, Pastor, you know what we could do? is we could offer ministry for special needs children. See, you know what I said in my heart? Boom. (laughs) Booyah, yes. That's what I'm talking about. We already have children's ministry. It would be more excellent if we could say to parents in this community, you got a special needs child? We got you. We got you covered. It's not easy when you say that, you better be ready because it's a whole nother level of challenge. But i got to tell you something. You talk about growth. You talk about people getting saved. You talk about the buzz in the community. It would be huge because most churches aren't doing anything. I like what um, Craig Groeschel said. Craig Rochelle said, Just look around at what other churches aren't doing and do that. If you you want your ministry to be unique and you want your ministry to be what God wants it to be, look around at needs that are not being met and meet that need. And then you'll see things begin to happen in a miraculous way as that singer shared that with us. Any of this make sense? Amen. Now we're going to get into this scripture, into this Nehemiah scripture, uh, more next Sunday. But I, I'm going to be casting vision. We're going to be talking about our church. I tell you one of the biggest things I need to do, and we're having some trouble getting it on the calendar, because I know we're a busy church. And that isn't always real healthy either, so we'll talk about that. Because I tell you, the church can be so busy, we don't leave any time for the family to be with the family. Can I preach on that? And so we've got to, again, that gets back to doing two or three things with excellence and doing 10 or 15 things just so-so and keeping everybody busy. And y'all are at that size where whatever meeting is going to happen, everybody's there because the church is at a size where everybody's involved in every ministry. And so we've got to grow and structure ourselves so that won't happen, so people will have some nights at home and some time with their family. Amen? Amen. So the word I want you to focus on is excellence. Excellence. How can we raise the level of our excellence as a church? And I'll be asking you to write some things down. Matter of fact, I would challenge you even today, if you've got questions about something you want me to answer, write it down on a piece of paper and give it to me today. You say, well, I hate to walk up and give it to you because I don't want you to know I asked it. All right. Drop it in the box with the offering. Put $100 with it and drop it in that box. Put it, drop it in that box out there. If if you've got something you want to ask me, you write it down, put it in that box out there. I'll answer it. I may not answer it from up here, but I'll answer it. I'll answer it in a document or something and, uh, and give you my heart on it, okay? I know this may be different for you. And I, if you're visiting, this really isn't normally how I do it. But I need, I'm a I'm new pastor. I'm, I'm a new pastor. The church is getting to know me. The church is getting to know what my values are. I'm getting to know the church. And I felt like the best way to do this instead of having a separate meeting is to just do it on a Sunday morning. And we'll keep on doing it. We'll go through the story in Nehemiah. And I'm telling you, it's a beautiful, beautiful story. And and I'll tell you like most Bible stories, in the end, God wins. <laughs> Amen. Just like old Jehoshaphat. You remember that one? In the, in the end, God wins. So I want you to do something for me. And we do this every Sunday. If you're physically able, let's walk up here and conclude our service in the altar. Would you? So if you haven't already done it, go home and read Nehemiah chapter one and two. And I might get into some of the other scriptures beyond that, but most of what I'm gonna say to you is gonna be in Nehemiah. But we're gonna talk about each ministry we currently have. I'm gonna talk about it in in this sermon series. And I'm gonna suggest to you ways I see that those things maybe could be more excellent. I'm just gonna make some suggestions to you. And they may not be specific things, but they'll be things that will get you thinking, get you coming up with solutions. Here's, Here's another thing I learned a long time ago. A pastor doesn't have all the solutions. As a matter of fact, I believe most of the solutions are in the people. And the pastor's responsibility is to create a culture where people have the liberty to share their thoughts and their ideas about what makes a church better, what makes a church more effective, what makes a church the church God wants it to be. You know, I think about the birth of this church I think about probably, um, I guess the original church. Is that where The very original was the first one I ever preached in over there and that it's our fellowship hall. And just beyond it, I used to live in the Parsonage. It was just on the other side. And um, I just wonder what the vision was of the people that dug that foundation. Have you ever thought about that? if for 15 minutes all those people that built that very first church I mean that started it if they could stand up in here and tell us what their vision was then I wonder if we're, we're close to that or I don't know these are just thoughts I have but we need the Lord to do this Lord we need you we need you Jesus Father, you've put this church here, and I believe you've put me here again to be their pastor for such a time as this. In the midst of a time in the world like I've never seen or never witnessed, and really be honest, I never thought I would witness what I'm witnessing right now in our world and in our nation. It's so perverted. It's so sick. I believe god that you are churches that will let you you are reviving them you are stirring them up you are placing leadership in those churches that have boldness and and uh uh, wisdom and god they can they can look at a situation and they can Uh, perceive what to do and where to go and which direction to take. I believe, God, that you're putting a group of people like that together right here at Pine Level Church and God we would that every church in our community we're not trying to be isolated from the other churches we hope that you'll wake all of our neighboring churches the free will baptist and the Methodists and the presbyterian and, and the, and the uh, uh, black church up the road and, and all of us are your children God we're all your children if we've been washed in the blood of the lamb we've been born again into your family if we've been saved we're all in the same family and God, I know we're in the last of the last. I know we're in the, as we used to say on the farm, we're in the short rows. I believe it's almost over. But Lord, I want to make sure that I and this church and, and all of my family and the people that I love are doing everything we can from now until the rapture to get as many people saved as quickly as we possibly can. And Lord, to disciple them. And part of my vision that I'll be sharing is about how we're going to disciple, how we're going to help new Christians grow, how we're going to help them get their roots down and, and get started in their walk with God. Lord, help me in these sermon series. Help me to say this in an effective way. Help me to communicate it in a way that stirs the hearts and excites the people. Because you've got a lot of work for us to do and a little time to do it. And we pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Everybody said? Let's sing that. Can you sing that for us, Thomas? This is perfect. That's perfect, isn't it? That's exactly what we're asking. What we're saying to God. saying to you, I don't know what your gifts are. I don't know what your talents are. God knows what they are. But here's what I want you to pray. God, I want you to show me my the Lord every day and say, I surrender all. I surrender all, Lord, I'm yours. Use me. Lord. Use me, Lord, in a special way. Amen. Turn around and say you love somebody. Tell them you love them. And as you're exiting today, if you've not filled out one of our visitors' cards, Miss Millie's waiting for you. She'll get you all fixed up.
0: You've been watching the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church. The Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church is located on 112 East Blanche Street. We welcome you to come and join us in worship every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m., every Sunday night at 6 p.m., and every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Don't forget, if you can't join us in person, you can always join us via the internet through the website at pinelevelphc.org. You can watch our services, check out upcoming events, and lots more there at the website. You can also check out our app, through Google Play or iOS App Store. Download the Pine Level Pentecost Witness Church app. It's free to use, free to download. You can watch your services live or on demand. Check out other things about the church. Even donate to the church through the link. If you have a Facebook account, go to facebook.com forward slash Pine PHC. Get notifications when we go live. Check out pictures and other upcoming events about our church. Just like our Facebook page. That's all you have to do. Also, YouTube is available for... For the YouTube subscribers, search YouTube for High Level PH Church. Subscribe to our channel, get notifications when we go live, and you can watch our services live or on demand. Don't forget if you can't watch us, maybe you want to listen. Search for our podcast through your favorite podcast provider and listen to the services anywhere in the world don't forget about our new radio station go to our website or app for the quick link and you can also just simply type in pinelevelphc.org forward slash radio radio stations playing good gospel music 24-7 also lots of other programming is available for your enjoyment so if you want to check that out do so anytime and listen with friends around the world for everyone here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church I'm Joey Perry we hope to see you soon here at the Pilate level Pentecostal in his church.